Chapter fourteen of the Peril Finders by George Fenn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter fourteen. Griggs uttered one low whistle as he slipped his arm through the rein so as to leave his hands at liberty, one to press back his cowboy's hat, the other to sweep the gathering drops of perspiration from his brow. I never could a bear snakes, he said huskily. Then after a pause he drew a long deep breath, to say with an attempt, a very sorry attempt at cheerfulness, Well, we've found the kegs anyhow. Yes, said Chris bitterly, and where the snakes are. Bless em, yes, said Griggs, looking in the direction of the horrible reptiles. Well, we don't want them. But we want the water, of course. What's to be done, Griggs? I can't think o' nothing but say shh to em to frighten them away. Oh, don't do that, cried Chris in alarm. It might make them attack us. It might, said Griggs thoughtfully. Well, I'm about beat. I've got a tidy bit of pluck in me when I'm stirred up, as much as most men have. But I can't stand rattlers. The idea of getting bitten sends a cold chill all down my back. I'd a deal sooner be hugged by a grizzly. Poison snakes and mad dogs make a regular coward of me. They would of anybody, said Chris. But I say, what is to be done? Sit down and wait, my lad. I suppose snakes have some sense in them, same as other critters. They're bound to find out before long that they can't break the iron hoops nor bore through the staves to get at the water, and when they're tired, perhaps they'll give up and go home. But we can't wait. Father will be coming soon to see why we're so long. Well, he'll be able to see without our telling him. But can't we do something to drive them away? I know what I should do if we were in some places, said Griggs. Yes, what? Light a big fire of brushwood and green stuff. That would make a stiffing smoke just to wind em off. That would soon scare em off. But there's not a handful of stuff that would burn, cried Chris in despair. And now we scrap, my lad. Look here, suppose we creep as near as we dare, and then fire off all four barrels of our rifles as closely together as we could right at them. That would startle them into moving off. Perhaps, said Griggs, but the thing would be, which way would they go? Which way? Why, from where the smoke and fire came? Maybe, but I shouldn't like to risk it. I'm afraid we shall have to wait, my lad. Wait till it's dark. Snakes always go back to their holes when the sun sets. But that will take so long, and I'm choking with thirst, cried Chris peevishly. I say, how would it do to keep on pitching great pieces of stone in amongst them, or handfuls of small bits that would scatter and make a noise? Only make them savage, I'm afraid. I should have most faith in putting a pound of powder and laying a train ready, so that one could light a bit of touch tinder and get away to a safe distance. When that went off with a good explosion, I should think the rattlers would scuttle away. Oh, nonsense, nonsense, Griggs, cried Chris. Who's to go and lay the train and place the powder ready? Ah, that would be awkward, said the American thoughtfully. Besides, if you had such an explosion, 
you'd burst the barrels ha so we should i say couldn't lasso the barrels could we i can throw a noose pretty well you'd catch serpent as well as the barrels yes and that would be nice to have a savage rattler thrashing and striking about trying to get his fangs into you somewhere say chris lee lad we've got into a tangle hello i thought as much here's the doctor the gentleman in question rode up slowly well he said have you found the barrels chris answered him mutely by pointing to the objects of their search very well said the doctor why don't you oh i see you've just dismounted to sling them across your saddle we were beginning to think you very long but i don't see any snakes where are they chris yonder toiling about the quarter kegs father it's alive with them the doctor shaded his eyes with his hand and looked across the barrels his face contracting with horror at the sight which met his eyes no wonder you are so long he said bitterly what do you propose to do nothing father we can't think of a way said chris sadly can you tell us there seems to be no way save one wait till the snakes have gone back to their holes father yes after dark and then it will not be a pleasant task to get the kegs away worse and worse oh there can't be anything worse sir cried briggs i think there can sir replied the doctor this forces us to bayouac as soldiers call it in the serpent inhabited desert but we must do it i suppose the snakes will not be stirring during the darkness but we must hope that when we find the gold region it will not be such a serpent-haunted spot as this the gold could not have better guardians to keep it safe no one spoke for a few minutes during which the doctor sat upon his horse watching the movements of the serpents that seems to be the only way he said at last to wait father yes we'd had better build up a cairn with some of these stones to guide us to the spot where we come to hunt for it in the dark no need to build a cairn sir i plant three or four stones on the top of that big rock there no but what about finding it in the dark lathorn will set that right sir very well up with them then help him chris i'll hold the horses the reins were handed to the speaker and griggs pointed to a large light grey piece of lava if you can lift one end of that squire to help me that bit would stand upright on the top of this block this would do for it's light-coloured can you do it oh yes it's the same sort of stone as this said chris pushing a piece with his foot all full of holes like sponge and cinder come on then they stooped down one at either end of the fragment some three feet long and one wide looking squared like a crystal as if nature had taken the first steps towards providing the builder of a house with a piece to form part of a doorpost yes it's light enough said chris lifting one end and then uttering a cry as he dropped it again to start back for there was a sharp hiss a dull rattling sound not sharp enough for a rattle 
and a large snake glided from beneath to curl up menacingly while from the other side a second had appeared to begin writhing and darting about striking at random into the air as far as it could reach while the doctor had hard work to restrain the prancing horses needless to say chris and his companion had lost no time in getting beyond reach of the poisonous reptiles and helping the doctor by each seizing his horse's rein a pretty narrow escape cried the latter why the place is alive with the reptiles looks like it sir said griggs desi was standing on some of their holes now but don't you see cried chris excitedly that second one's pinned by the tail when i let my end fall it must have caught it fast rather a pity said griggs cynically it must have spoiled the rattle suppose it hurts too look at him that's no good my beauty stone can't feel ah you idiot you don't belong to the wise serpents we read about look at him biting at the stone an impotent malice said the doctor watching the frantic efforts of the reptile that chap's safe enough now squire chris safe i shouldn't like to risk going near him but you might he's held fast by that tail of his and all he could do would be to thrash you with his long body and bite said chris nay his biting would go for nothing now what about his fangs snapped off like points of glass they were sharp enough and poisonous enough but bound to say the poison's all out of the stone along with the teeth razors are very sharp and will make horrible cuts but not after you've been chomping a piece of stone with them like that eh doctor i think you are right griggs said the doctor who seemed fascinated by the reptile's impotent struggles well you're a sneak cried griggs gone with you i'd put my tail between my legs if i were you only you haven't got none that's right rattle away i say he hope he hasn't gone to fetch a lot of his mates to pitch into us that's not likely said the doctor as he watched the bigger and freer snake gliding swiftly away headless of the struggles of its companion which was evidently grown exhausted by its furious efforts to release the lower portion of its body what are you going to do said the doctor quickly as griggs handed him his horse's rein again i'm going to put that chap out of its misery sir replied the american no no don't fire it's a waste of a charge not a going to sir there's more ways of killing a cat you know than hanging it eh squire chris as he spoke griggs put his hand to his belt with a stout keen hunting or bow knife was stuck and drew out the glittering blade going to cut his head off said chris eagerly yes unless you like to squire i will cried chris i don't want you to run any risks my boy said the doctor do you think you can do it without danger oh yes father said the lad drawing his own perfectly new knife see how slowly the thing keeps on lifting up its head to hold it quivering in the air before letting it fall down again on the rock but if it saw you go near it it might strike at you i don't think so father look it must be blind it has battered its head horribly against the stone i think it's quite blind 
so it is sir said griggs there's no more danger there sir let him do it we want him to be cool and ready for anything now may i do it father well yes but stand well at arm's length and give a good careful sweeping draw cut with your knife chris eagerly handed his rein to his father and then went cautiously towards the quivering reptile which kept on rising up and falling down inert with a regular action save that it grew more slow chris drew near till he was almost within striking distance and waited till the snake had risen to its greatest height that is to say about two feet above the stone and three feet in all from the sand on which the boy stood take care said the doctor chris made an offer as boys call it cutting horizontally from his left shoulder the knife flashing in the sunshine as it whisked through the air passing inches from the snake's neck but the motion of the air affected the reptile which winced dropped flat to the stone and began to writhe frantically be careful chris there's a great deal of life in it yet that was only a try father replied the boy i didn't try to cut it i will though now he continued as the writhing ceased but the battered head began to rise again slowly and steadily in the air till it was at its greatest elevation and seemed to be kept up with a stiffening of the whole body meanwhile watching it carefully the boy had advanced his foot a few inches till he felt that he was in exact striking distance when there was another bright flash of rays reflected from the glistening blade as the cut was made and the snake dropped down again upon the stone for the writhings to recommence missed him cried griggs excitedly no i just touched him with the point said chris coolly it wasn't quite near enough proof of the correctness of his words were given by a red mark or two on the surface of the stone as the writhings ceased and the reptile began once more to raise itself quivering slowly till it was rigid and at its full height when without a moment's pause the knife flashed again there was a vigorous draw cut and the dangerous head dropped with a loud pat on the stone leaving the erect neck and body stiffly poised for a few moments slowly waving to and fro before falling like a piece of stick and seeming to break as part fell out of sight bravo cried griggs ah my boy mind cried the doctor but before his warning cry was half uttered there had been another flash as of something glistening in the air and chris started back again receiving what felt to be a sharp blow in the chest while a larger rattlesnake than either of the others dropped back behind the stones and glided rapidly away the doctor had chris by the arms the next moment where where did it strike you he cried here father such a thump said the boy coolly touching the fold of his norfolk jacket with his left hand oh something wet he snatched back his hand to hold it out for a tiny smear of moisture began to be seen glistening in the sun upon the palm of his hand the doctor seized him by the wrist and then examined the fold of the jacket do you feel anything a prick in the chest he said hoarsely no father it was a sharp 
thump as if someone had thrown a stone here is the venom on the thick fries said the doctor tearing open the jacket and examining the thin flannel shirt beneath no thank heaven he cried with a sigh of relief the fans did not go through chris boy you have escaped if the reptile had driven its fangs deeper i fear that i couldn't have saved your life that doesn't sound very nice father said the boy coolly but griggs noted that he changed colour and then laid his hands upon his father's shoulders after drooping his knife on the ground it was a miss doctor said griggs breaking the silence as he scooped up some of the dried sand and rubbed chris's hand and with another handful dried the fold of the jacket this he repeated two or three times and also paused to look well inside the fold next the boy's chest don't go through sir that's for certain he said there'll be no danger in the poison as soon as it's dried in the sun none whatever i should say replied the doctor there let's get away from this horrible place i don't know how we're going to get those cakes again the danger seems so great not after dark sir said griggs coolly we must have em though and i'm going to do it somehow cost what it may the next minute they had mounted and were riding slowly back to where the others were about to come in search of them in alarm at their prolonged absence End of chapter 14